Well, hey, all you wiretappers out there, back here in the studio of Gangland Wire. I've been out dogging off all morning. It was time for me to, to get some work done. I uh, I went back in my old files. I had a listener ask me about an old interview I did, I don't know, back in maybe 2017. Uh, you know, this thing's been going since 2016, so that's what, for almost six years, or it is six years. And it's a guy named Carlo Morelli. And, you know, he got hold of me through Facebook. We're Facebook friends, and I just found out that he recently died. Now, he was a, he had some interesting stories. He's not really a mob guy. He's a Chicago guy, but he's not really a mob guy. And he, but he had a connection with Anthony Big Tuna Cardo and with some other mob guys, uh, with the wife, a woman named Trip Mayo. Of uh, her husband's name was Charles Mayo, and they had Mayo's Northwood Restaurant. It was at Lexington, not Lexington, Harlem, and just a minute, let me look. Uh, Harlem and Lawrence uh, in Chicago, and 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 he told a quite a story. He left home at an early age. He said his dad had been in and out of the penitentiary and one day in his life, and and he lived close to downtown he got an apartment or something and on rush street there's a lot of strip clubs back in those days and and he's he had this deal he he designed clothes he ended up being a chef later in life and and like i said he died recently and he, he managed hotels later in life and big restaurants and high-end restaurants but as a young man, he he made clothes for strippers and and he had been in and out of Mayo's, got to know Trip Mayo, the wife of the owner of this restaurant. And this restaurant is a place where uh, Anthony Cardo and Paul Rica hung out all the time. It was like where they met people. They would have people come in and, you know, run ideas by them and have discussions at a corner table maybe they'd have a bigger meeting with a big long table i don't know why it's gone it's long gone now i i think there's a, another restaurant there but i'm not sure and so his trip mayo was had been disfigured in some manner carlo didn't say how and we didn't get into it but he designed some clothes for her that she thought were, you know, kind of made her look a little better. And and he he just was driven to design clothes. And he started designing clothes, you know, besides the clothes for the strippers and making them, which wouldn't have been much to make there. He was making clothes and, and mob guys who went to the restaurant, Ms. Mayo let him do a fashion show and their girlfriends would wear them. Just, I mean, it's it's like, I don't know, is this true or not? There's no way to document or, I mean, to to verify it. But he has some stories about his life with the mob. And Ricardo, Ricardo got to know him. His dad was kind of, you know, on the periphery of the outfit. I don't even know what his dad's first name was. Wasn't a major guy. But, you know, Chicago back then in the outfit was not that big a world. And so he tells a couple stories about his dealings with Tony Accardo. And the first one is going to be about when he took, I say he took Linda Accardo, I think was her name, to her high school prom. He he escorted her. He went along with her. So let, I'm going to let Cardo tell that story. And then the second one is a little short story was about uh, Linda's wedding. You know, had a big wedding in uh, Accardo's mansion. 
and FBI agents were all over the place. So he was, Cardo had asked him to help out in that wedding. So he tells a little short story about helping out. So, so settle back and listen in to uh, uh, Carlo Morelli tell about his experiences with the outfit and, and with Tony Accardo. I used, he used me as a, as a kind of a pseudo bodyguard for his daughter's prom. Oh, really? Did you know about that? No, I didn't. How, how did that work? Well, first, I didn't know he knew me. I was, I mean, that he remembered me other than just as being a, a guy who did the, he called my, he called my dad and told my dad that he wanted to, uh, and maybe I'd seen him or talked to him a couple of dozen times, all small talk. Anyway, my father called me one day, and I very seldom heard from my dad. I was living on, on the, at the uh, Maryland Hotel, and he said, I want you to get dressed. I'll be there in, the, in a half hour. I want you in a dark, a dark coat, dark suit, and a white shirt. I have a tie for you. I said, what's this about? He said, I'll be there. Just be outside in a half hour. And he hung up. He took me up, and I said, where are we going? He said, he, he didn't, he said, I'm going to ask you a question, son. I want you to answer me. I want the truth. Now, my I, did, I never lived with my dad. My dad was a was a ghost in my life as a as a child. He he was he had a, he was a a convict. He had been in jail several times, so I didn't know too much about him. Anyway, he 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 pulled over to the side. And he said, "If I ask you a question, I want an honest answer." How do you know the big boys? I said, which big boys? Who are you talking about? Are you talking about Allegretti? Are you talking, who are you talking about? He said, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the eye gay, the big guy. I said, Dad, I don't know who you're talking about. He said, and he looked around. He, he's always, and we were in a car alone. And he was looking around behind him. And front. He said, Tony Arcardo. How do you know Tony Arcardo? I said, I don't know them. I know him just to talk to him because he comes to my fashion. But so what are you talking about? What are you hanging out with Tony Ricardo for? Do you know do you know who these people are? I said, Dad, I don't hang with them. He's there when I give my fashion shows at the at the Noble House. He said, You stay away from those people. You can only get in trouble. So anyway, I said, Where are we going? He said, I don't I really don't know what this is all about, but we have to be I have to I have only a half hour to get there. And he pulled up at a funeral home, Salernos, actually. And there was a car parker there. And I said, who, who has car attendants at a funeral home? <laughs> you know, I said, well, the Pope died? He said, shut up. So we went inside. The moment we walked in, there's a guy standing by the um, chapel, the big chapel. And he saw my dad, and he gave him a thumbs up. And my dad said, gave him a thumbs up back again. He said, behave yourself. I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? He said, come in. And then I looked down there, and I saw Tony sitting at the chair, in a big chair next to the, the, uh, the casket. And next to him was sitting a little a young lady. So he looked, he turned around and looked at my dad. My dad was nervous as a prostitute in church. I never saw my dad so worried. And, and Tony smiled. And then he went back to just sitting there. Here came the priest in his full regalia, and he did, he did the honors. And that's why we had to be there before the priest came. 
because he knew he would stick around for the priest. Anyway, he called us down, and he said to my dad, you're, Carlo, this is your son. This is Carlo Jr.? And he said, yes, it is. This is my son. He said, have you ever met my daughter? And I went, oh, I put my hand out, and she looked at it like I had shit on it. I mean, it was just terrible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> She was not at all impressed with me. Yeah, she was several inches tall. She yeah. was several inches taller than me, or at least two. Anyway, she was a little bit older. Anyway, she could just went, "Oh my, she's up. This is. I'm. I'm not sitting here for this." And she got up and walked away. And Tony got up and followed her. He said, "I'll talk to you later." He told my dad. I said, "What was? What was that all about?" I said, Dad, this isn't one of those crazy things he wants to marry me off to his daughter. Is that what this is all about? My dad said, that's stupid. But maybe it's true. I don't know. Anyway, I got a call a week later. My dad said, I want to meet you tonight. I'll be there at 8 o'clock. I'll meet you at Nanny's. Now, he never told me he'd meet me any place before. He was treating me a little better. I was, I was 17 already. And he said, you're taking her to the prom. I said, what? You're taking her to the prom? I said, Dad, I'm not taking her anyplace. She, that's his daughter. I don't want to be, I don't even want to be around her. You told me to stay away from these people. He said, well, not now. After. You can stay away from them after. He's asked <laughs> to do this. I don't know what this is all about. Well, anyway, he said, you're doing it Friday. And he gave me a list of names of, of clubs and restaurants and 500 bucks. He said, Take her any place she wants to go, whatever she wants. If you need more money, call me. I'll be up. I'll stay at my phone. Just, just make sure she gets home safe. And I said, I don't want to do this, but I'll do it for you, Dad. I'll do this for you. Because you never asked me to do anything. He said, I never will again. This is horrible. But anyway, he drove me out to Tony's house, and it was a, just a mansion. And I went up, and I was ready to, to have a big hanger on the door. I was ready to take it, and he opened the door, and he put his hand out, and he put his, I shook his hand, and his hand was soft. I mean, it was like he had never, he had never done a hard day's work in his entire life. <laughs> That's probably big, true. <laughs> and it was soft. Yeah, and it was warm. <laughs> and I just, and he said, come on in, Carlo, come in, come in. Can I get you something to drink? I said, I could take a I, I could use a tranquilizer if you got one. He left. He said, no, no, no. This is, you're not actually going to the prom with her. You're going to hang around with them. Ah, I they see. Won't, you, this, this way, if something comes up, you can alert the guys that are going to be outside, and they don't have to embarrass my daughter by hanging around in the place. I see. You be the conduit, he told me. That's I said, I'll be glad to do it, but is she going to be, she didn't seem too uh, excited about me. He said, oh, she'll love you because you're a good boy. Anyway, she come bounding down the stairs, walk right past him and I, right out the door, and he said, you're taking the limo. You're taking the limo. He's yelling at her. And she went right to her convertible. She didn't even listen to him. <laughs> and he said, you better hurry up. Go, go, go. I want to be, I want you, I want you home at midnight. And she went, okay, I'll be home when I get here. And he looked at me. He said, "Midnight." I said, "I'll, I'll be here at midnight." <laughs> anyway, she, I got in the car with her. She said, "I'm going to let you get in the car because I know that this isn't your idea." 
but you stay you stay the f away from me. <laughs> I don't want nobody ruining my prom. So then she took off like a bullet, and she's going down these side streets, and these guys are two cars. There's a limo and a, another black sedan following us. And she said, if they think they're going to catch me, they're crazy. And she hit the gas, and they backed off because they saw what she was doing. So we got all the way to the Edgewater Beach Hotel, and she just drove right past the doorman. She took the keys, she threw it to the, to the doorman, and she walked in, and the guys pulled up in the limo, and they went... Oh, go follow her, follow her. So we got inside, and that's what I did all night. I was just a shadow. Cool. And, that's a great and story. I told her, oh, she started to, she started to drink. Yeah. Oh shit. She. They had a one. One of the kids had a flask. Yeah. And when they walked away, I told the guy, I said, "Don't you share?" I mean, what kind of a guy are you? You don't share. He gave me the flask. I hope I pulled his pants and I tipped it. I poured it down his pants. <laughs> I said, if I catch another drink, you give her another drink, I'll I'll give you back the flask up your ass. I said, this is not going to happen. <laughs> and, and you knew you had backup right outside. Oh, yeah, that's right. I said, it's 1130. We got we to get home. Your father said, she says, we're not going anywhere. Who do you think you are? You think you're going to tell me what to do? I'll tell my dad you tried to rape me. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, this this is not going to end well. <laughs> anyway, I said, where are we going? She said, Darabu. I said, Darabu? The Dells. We're going to the Dells. We're going to Wisconsin. Oh, man. And I said, this, we're not going to do this round trip in a half hour. This is not going to work. <laughs> 4.30 or 5 o'clock, we pulled up. We never really got there. We just went for a long drive and stopped at a couple of places, and they... They drank a little bit. She tore her dress. I went, oh, my God, give me needle and thread. I have to return her because they're going to think I did something to her. Anyway, we got home, and she walked right past him because he was still awake. He opened the door before we even finished parking. And she she walked right past him, went upstairs, and I said, sir, I'm sorry. He said, no, 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 Carlo. I know what you went through. I have only, I can only, I can only, Feel just so sorry for you, and I, I, he gave me an envelope too, full of money. <laughs> Whatever she wants, give it to her. And I gave, I handed him. He said, "No, you take that money. You earned it." I said, "Sir, I don't want the money. You take the money." I said, "I'll give it to charity. I don't know. I'll do whatever." I, I said, "He said, you're a wonderful young man." He said, "I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you did." That's a good one. That was the story. That's a good one. <laughs> They were there. They were sitting outside. They were all they, they were smoking cigarettes, leaning on the limo. <laughs> I bet they were. Com- I bet they were complaining like, yeah. "Oh God, we have to follow this woman around, this girl around." Oh yeah, I didn't tell you. We had to go back to the Edgewater Beach to pick up the car because we left in a different car. That's how they didn't know where we were. <laughs> they didn't follow you up into Wisconsin. No, uh-huh. no, and they took off right away, so I didn't have time to tell them where I was. It was just, it was incredible. What a night. Oh, yeah. One of them was, was uh, Nicoletti, Chucky. Oh, wow. He's a I, bad dude. Uh, ended, yeah, he, ended up killed in the parking lot, yeah. I believe. But he's a bad dude. Yeah, right? not, not, a, not a good guy. I saw him. He was there. And, you and, were... um, and there was another, another guy. Uh, oh, God. I saw him standing outside. I don't know. He was one of the one of the gatekeepers. 
That was your night of living dangerously, wasn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's my dad never, it never stopped thanking me for doing that. Yeah, well, that's a heck of a story, Carlo. What was Ricardo's daughter's wedding like? Was it a pretty big splash? Did, were there FBI agents out across the street oh, taking yeah, pictures? Well, of course. Uh, but he was, yes, indeed they were. They were out there taking numbers. They were out there taking um, license plates, and they were out there snapping pictures. But let me tell you, he was more worried that they would get drunk and make a scene. He had me cut everybody's liquor consumption. Don't serve them, Carmo. I'm giving it up to you. Do not serve them if they've had more than two drinks. Do not. I don't want nobody getting out of line. I mean, he was he was apoplectic about it. He did not want he was paranoid. Did not want them to get out of line. Now, now, was there a stream of guys bringing envelopes with cash to the bride and groom? It was everything you saw in The Godfather and then some. Yeah, he even got worried when I said we have to pass around the toast. He said, "Who had more than?" I said, "It's only a toast." <laughs> sure, it's really it's only a little bit at the bottom of a glass. Honestly, trust me, they're not going to get drunk on this. <laughs> that that is a really interesting little uh, uh, side story anecdote. A good word uh, to somebody like uh, uh, Tony Accardo. That is that's a good one, Carlo. I really appreciate that, and then our fans will too. <laughs> Those were. Those are quite some stories. Like I said, you can't really verify that one way or the other. But it just, to me, I, I talked to him on the phone and, and uh, other stuff about his life that I didn't add in this podcast. And it just had the ring of truth to me. You know, I don't know. You know, you take it for what it will. If, if somebody has any proof out there that it's not, I'll go back and take this down. I, I just think there, there are a couple of great stories and little insights into the private life of of Tony Accardo. Uh, we know a lot about the public life. It's a little bit about the private life of Tony Accardo. So don't forget, folks, look out for motorcycles when you're out there. I was just out riding mine a little bit this morning. And if you have a problem or you have a friend or a relative or somebody you know, if you're a vet and you have a problem with PTSD, go to the Veterans Administration website and get that hotline number and there's help available. Thanks a lot, folks. <laughs>